In the hours before the Star Wars portion of the latest Hakes auction ended, the prices were already high. Carded figures in every figure line featured, from Star Wars to the Power of the Force, had already hit record prices. An AFA-75 vinyl cape Jawa had soared to over $15,000. Collectors were shocked to see a 32-back Bosque from The Empire Strikes Back cross the $2,000 mark. Clear Bubble Return of the Jedi figures were steadily approaching the $700 to $1,000 range. And the Power of the Force figures were doing what they've been doing for the past two years, rising and rising. The rare Kenner Canada Sears exclusive three-pack of carded Empire figures gained momentum, moving past $10,000 and heading toward twenty. A pair of power droids on the 20 and 21 figure card backs started to spike. Matt and I messaged one another, shocked with each update, each bid propelling these pieces to prices we frankly never expected to see in our lifetimes. The premier piece of the auction was the J-slot rocket-firing Boba Fett prototype. Graded at a less desirable 50 and bearing the remnants of a broken firing tab on the rocket pack, it seemed to be stuck at $90,000, slightly below the low end of Hake's estimate. Matt and I predicted it would get one more bid, pushing it into the $100,000 range. And with the buyer's premium, the rare prototype would end somewhere around $120,000. And then, in the last hour, the bidders swarmed the auction, flipping over tables and staking their claim into each piece at whatever it took to bring a desired one home. By the time the dust settled, the Bosque sold for more than $4,000. The vinyl cape Jawa hit $36,000, and the Canadian three-pack ended at $42,000. But that is only a fraction of the story. The carded figures across each film line blew past estimates, selling for thousands and leaving collectors all over the world slack-jawed and in shock. And the rocket-fed prototype, the one graded at a mere 50 and sporting a broken tab, the one with the amazing backstory that Matt shared in the first episode of this series, broke a new public record. $204,000. But this is about more than just the rocket-fed. This is possibly an entirely new, entirely insane vintage Star Wars market. And this may only be the beginning. This is a look at the prices, trends, and results of the latest Hakes auction, number 234. This is a conversation with Matt George, collector, college football fanatic, data wizard, author, and dear friend. This is going to be a very interesting ride. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. David Quinn. Oh, it's a trap! 
Yes, George, hello. Welcome back. How are you? We made it. We certainly did. Um, so the the auction has just ended. We are now looking at the realized prices for auction 234, an incredible catalog. As we've said earlier, it was th- almost 300 items. Um, just an incredible list of, of stuff covering everything from 1977 Star Wars all the way up to 1985's Power of the Force, Droids and Ewoks lines. Um, Matt, in one word, how would you describe this auction? Nutty. <laughs> I would have said insane. So, okay, that, that works. Yeah, so we had 288 toy-related items spread across production items, prototypes, pre-production, and display pieces. And... Of those 288 items, so taking into account the buyer premium, so the the final hammer price plus the buyer premium, how many of those 288 items would you say exceeded the low end of the uh, estimated range? Okay, and when you're saying buyer's premium, so what Hakes does is after whatever price the, the item lands at, then Hakes adds an 18% premium on top of that that the buyer pays in addition to the price for the item itself. Um, and then with the estimates, for every item, Hakes puts out an estimate. Uh, some of the estimates range from, say, $400 to $700 or $1,000 to $2,000. So you're asking what percentage without the buyer's premium or with the buyer's premium? With the buyer's premium. So all in. Okay, all in. Plus- which ones exceeded the low end of the range? Yep. Gosh. I'm going to say, I mean, I honestly don't know. I'm going to guess 52%. 52%. Uh, no, it's a little higher. 87%. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, what percent of those 288 items exceeded the high end of the range? Okay, so the, again, this is for all in with the buyer's premium, exceeding the, the estimate, the high end of the estimate for each item out of the 288. What percentage? I'm going to say 20%. Close, 48%. Oh my God. <laughs> Basically every other item that ended ended higher than the than the estimate. That is, I, I don't I haven't looked at this level of granularity in the in the numbers before, but I I would be shocked if it was uh, if it was anywhere near that. And I have to say, I mean, I think when we looked at these estimates in in the ten plus hour discussions that we had. Um, for the the last seven episodes that we did, looking at the Hakes catalog, I think we felt that a lot of the estimates were fair, um, and I, I think you know if I remember correctly, for a lot of the items, you and I were expecting them to land in in the mid range of that estimate. Mm-hmm. So, gosh, the fact that forty two percent of them went over 
47, almost 48. 47? Wow. 47.6. So, okay, so almost half of them. It feels like when we were talking about it the first time before the auction, um, it feels like when we were giving our predictions, we were in the middle to the higher end of the range most of the time. Um, We had a couple times where we thought it would go over, but it wasn't anywhere near half the time as the results kind of turned out to be. So I'm looking forward to digging into this one. Um, I'm a Excel snob. So I've, I've spent several hours here putting all the data into a gigantic spreadsheet and, and parsing out this data um, down to the attribute level. So we can talk about it uh, with more uh, granularity here, you know, coming up in our discussion. But if, if we, don't cover something and you want to know more about kind of the data and, and um, we're curious about something, uh, please reach out. I mean, I've cut, I've dissected this data down to country, whether it's production, prototype display, what movie it was from the back grading company, the grade it got qualifier. Um, So all of those different ways to look at the data, I've got the, I've got it here. So, um, if you were just curious about, you know, if you wanted to get the spreadsheet, I can send it out to whoever, but just, uh, drop me a note on Facebook or, um, drop me an email at mattgeorge512 at gmail.com. Uh, I can send it out to you guys. And it's incredible. It's, it's information that you are going to hear nowhere else other than this, this episode. I mean, Nobody else is covering it like like Matt is right now, which is just outstanding. Um, Matt, you shared the Excel spreadsheet with me, and it is overwhelming in the coolest possible sense. I mean, you've just included so many data points in there. And uh, yeah, so we're going to try to dive into it now and, and to better understand this and to have actual statistics to show you um, where these results kind of wind up and, and what we're actually looking at. And then some of the, the trends, the larger and, and smaller trends um, from this auction. Yeah, we, before kind of the episodes leading up to the auction, <clears throat> we had talked about kind of trends we were seeing and what we thought would happen in this auction. And now we've got data to illustrate that those trends uh, came to pass here in this auction and, and looking forward to talking to you guys about it. Okay. So to begin, just, just loosely, Matt, what were some of your reactions to this auction? Were there any items that stood out to you either for better or for worse? Uh, was there anything that shocked you? Well, uh, I was sitting here watching the auction and as a really good friend of mine, Mark Vanis, shout out to Mark. He was uh, in here with me watching these items come to a close. And as we would go back and look to see the items that had already ended, like what they went for while we were watching the items that were, you know, bumped back up to 20 minutes. Um, And every single item we, we were looking at was like, okay, this is a record for this piece. This is a record for this piece. This is a record for this piece. And as we'll get into a little bit later, like one of the bigger items was an AFA 75. Like it it wasn't even like this record was set because it was in unseen before condition. No, like 
75s, 80s, 80 pluses uh, performed incredibly well. Um, so there is, I don't know what's driving it, but there is a, a huge appetite for Star Wars production items in good to uh, really good condition right now. I was I was trying to think back to our mindsets when we were looking at the November auction because we did this for the November auction as well too and that that's how we started it and um you know just for fun just just looking at at these different catalogs and then seeing you know how they perform and the prices realized uh do you remember how you felt after that first auction that we watched Well the yeah the last one there wasn't kind of the headliner piece or it, it didn't have the the Vinyl Cape Jawa on the card and the Rocket Fed. So it, <clears throat> it didn't have those kind of home run items in it, but we, we commented at the time, it was a lot of like solid singles, doubles, things like that. This one had everything under the sun. So we had extremely good condition items that don't pop up often. We've got, you know, the, the J slot, um, as we'll talk about later, like <laughs> this piece went for higher, uh, well, almost as high as uh, the last 85 that sold. And this one's only in 50. Um, but then we've, there's a lot of unique items that we have not really seen before. The Sears exclusive three pack comes to mind. Um, the, uh, the Popey set, the Japanese salesman sample set. Um, so there, this, this auction really had it all. And I can only imagine the inquiries that Hakes is feeling today about uh, their next several auctions, people trying to get, get their good to great production items into future Hakes auctions. And I wouldn't, feeling- yeah, it wouldn't shock me if they were to add one or two incremental auctions to their calendar. Um, because, you know, production figures are not uh, in low supply. So, um, be curious to see if, you know, we, we, we said this, this auction could be a bellwether of where we are in the hobby. Um, I would be curious to see now if what kind of direction the next one takes, if it kind of adds to this, or if this was maybe like the high point for the immediate future, like I curious to see where we go from here. This one seems to be less of a peak and more of the beginning of a new leveling up. Um, and I remember at, in the November auction, at the end of the November auction, I looked at the prices that were realized for a lot of the production carded figures, ones that are common. Sometimes, you know, finding it in a, in a higher grade is, is more difficult for each piece, but overall more common carded figures. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, there really weren't any value pickups here. But the prices and, you know, some of the prices were a little higher, but they weren't they weren't at this level. I mean, last night I just when the auction ended, I started looking through the list and I was just at some of them. I was speechless. I mean, they went like clearly over where I think anybody would have expected them to ever go. Well, do you want to get into it a little bit? Let's dive into it. Yeah, let's see what we have here. Okay, Matt, let's take a look at the top 10 uh, highest realized prices, uh, the items that brought in the most amount of money for the Star Wars segment, 
And uh, let's start with number 10 and then work our way down to the most expensive at number one. All right, checking in at number 10, we have Star Wars, the villain set three pack, AFA 85. The range on this one was 10,000 to 20,000, and it ended up at $17,134 all in, so with the buyer's premium. the prices we'll say on here are going to be with the buyer's premium as that's yes. what the, the buyer's going to be out. So um, that piece was 71% higher than the low end of the range and, and 14% off the high end. So uh, when we're looking at the top 10 items, this is going to be the only one that did not exceed the high end of the range. But still solid showing here for, I want to say, a, a common uh, three pack, but it's on the more common side um, of the three pack run. And if that's the tenth highest, I mean that 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 speaks volumes to what this catalog is right now. Yeah, um, cool to see. Like just outside the ten, top ten was number eleven, which was the Android with Chewy the Android uh, three pack, <laughs> and it it went for fifteen seven. Um, but yeah, three packs although they didn't hit the high end, performed really, really well. Number nine is an item that you had mentioned. Uh, You were curious to see how it ended up. It is the Kenner Canada wind-up R2-D2 on card, and it sold for $19,133 on a range of five to 10000 So I was hoping that that one would hit $12,000. Uh, 19000 was a shocker. Yeah, it is 283% higher than the low end of the range and uh, a whopping 91% higher than the high end of the range. God. So we had... Uh, a number of folks after this piece here. Um, next item up is that Popey set of the Japanese salesman set of the full run of box Popey figures. Um, it had a, a range of ten to twenty thousand dollars, and it wound up hammering at twenty thousand seven hundred and sixty-eight dollars. So almost right at the high end of the estimate and double the low end of the estimate. Impressive. Very cool piece. Um, really cool to see that all together. And, um, you know, we've talked about that was, you know, potential for getting up there and, and uh, you know, whoever came up with the range was, was you know, spot on with this one. Uh, same thing with the next one. Um, Number seven is Droids Boba Fett. It also hammered at 20768 This was in AFA 80 with yellow bubble qualifier. Um, and it had, you know, the 10 to the 20,000 range. So um, similar performance to the expectation as the Puppy set. And this just, you know, that Droids Boba Fett is absolutely on fire. I think there, there was... Someone had sold a 90 for 25,000 not that long ago. And here we have an 80 going for 21,000 basically. 
That 90 looks like a steal right now. Yeah, someone's sitting pretty with that 90. Um, next item up. This is one, you know, if, if you listen to the first uh, episode and the, the last Hakes auction series we did, <clears throat> this is one of my favorite items. <clears throat> I think it's been underappreciated for a while. To my knowledge, this is the highest price one has ever gone for. Um, it's the early bird certificate package, uh, AFA 85 plus condition. Uh, I believe that there's a 90 out there in a private collection. Um, I think that's the only 90. So this is, you know, the second best one out there. Um, it hammered at $20,906. So it was about 5% higher than the high end of the range, which was 10 to 20,000. I think we're going to start to see the early bird certificate now become a staple, similar to the way we've seen the blue snaggletooth figures and the carded vinyl cape Jawas as being in almost every auction and, you know, always bringing in high dollar amounts. Um, I think that that's going to happen now. We're going to start to see more of these certificates come up for auction. Yeah. I, I don't know when the next time we'll see an 85 plus come up, but, um, I was really glad to see this one pop up and, you know, it stuck there at 5,500 for a while and I was just kind of discouraged at that. And, and, uh, then all of a sudden, boom, 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 it just shot right up and wound up just under 21,000. Okay. What number are we on now? We are on number five. This one shocked me. Um, we have a, a 85, AFA 85, 12-back B, Luke, blonde, <laughs> blonde hair. And the range on this one was five to 10,000, which is a very normal range, right, for that figure. And this one hammered at $21,830. For a 12 back B, Luke. I think AFA though that the 12 back Luke, maybe even now more so than the Vader or you know any others, I think is sort of that iconic Star Wars piece. That whether you're a hardcore collector or general collector, it just seems like people are always looking for a nice Luke. And when you have one that is uh, straight 85s, um, it's very hard to find a figure in that condition. Um, Matt, did you take a close look at that figure? I uh, can't say I did, no. I, I looked at the figure, and, and to me it looked more like the figure is an 80. Not that that makes a huge difference, but it just, you know, I, I was shocked to see this one sell for that high um, with the, the figure in that condition. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it ended up... 336% higher than the low end and 118% higher than the high end of the estimate. <laughs> so someone out there absolutely had to have this piece. That's an amazing price. I mean, that, <laughs> that's insane. That, that, those, uh, are, those are Boba Fett prices that we're talking about now. Yeah. It's uh, that one was the first one that was just like, wait, what? Um, yeah. The next one on the list, number four, we figured this one would go nuts, but I don't think any of us in our wildest imagination thought it would go this nuts. It's a 21 back B 
Boba Fett, graded at AFA 85, with an 80 card and a gun that looks like it's about to come off the tape. So it it could be a candidate for an 80 if you if that if that uh, tape ever fell off. But nevertheless, it hammered for $29,984, which was and if you're... 50% higher than the high end of the range, which was twenty to 30, uh, 10 to 20,000. Wow. It, you know, we, we talked about it before that people were putting, you know, want to buy posts out there on Facebook, want straight 85, we'll pay $15,000. Well, I mean, here we are at twice that right now. Right. And, and as we've also discussed too, out of the 21 A, B and C, um, the B is the most common one. I, you know, I could see, right. I could see a 21 A selling for that much, but it was shocking to see the 21 B sell for that. Yeah. The card was punched too on this one. Um, the Fet, uh, the Fet love has not, fallen off post book of Boba Fett as you know, we, we talked about that it might, but um, clearly that did not have any kind of detrimental, detrimental effect on, on the, the pricing here on Boba Fett items. Um, number three, I, of all the items in this auction, this is the one that blew my mind the most which is saying something we have vinyl cape Jawa 12 a most common vinyl cape Jawa back sure. 75 condition. Right. So AFA, an average AFA condition, condition, you know, for these, like the average condition of a carded vinyl cape Jawa is probably 80. There are a lot of really good condition vinyl cape Jawas out there. And here, this one checks in at a 75. It had a range of ten to twenty thousand. So I'm it guessing ham- that it hit the low end of that range, probably around nine, bare, ten thousand. Bare, barely, it, okay. it, it it wound up uh, barely surpassing the low end of the range by two hundred and sixty three percent. It surpassed the high end of the range by eighty one percent. My God, for a, fi- for a final price of thirty six thousand two hundred eighty six dollars. <laughs> Again, that number was $36,286. That AFA 75 vinyl Cape Jawa met, meant something to somebody, so much so that they had to pay double the going rate of, of what one goes for now. Matt, did you ever think you would see a vinyl Cape Jawa hit almost $40,000 in your lifetime? Yeah, I, I, I thought... You know, for sure that one would, but I thought it would be like an 85 or a 90, but not 75. No, I did not ever think I would see the day where that piece would get that high. If at the next Hakes auction, someone were to put up one that was straight 85s, what are we looking at as, as a reasonable value? I, I can't even make a guess. I don't know if we'll ever see, I don't know if we'll ever see this again. If this is just a one-off deal, I don't know if there is something that someone saw on this particular example that was a uh, you know, unique that never seen before. I don't know. 
I have no idea what's what was driving this price. So I I can't even hazard a guess. Right, because I think the previous high that we saw was at a Hakes auction, and it was twenty five thousand for an AFA eighty five. Yes, and that was last year. Yes, I I don't get it. It's like that scene in Big where John Hurt. I don't get it. I don't get it. See, I was thinking more of the scene from Stranger Things when they go into the Upside Down. But yeah, we're just it's yeah. cloud cuckoo land now. Well, speaking of cuckoo land, number two, the penultimate item on this list. Three-pack Sears exclusive. Kenner Canada. Three-pack carded figures, AFA 75. And it has a dual qualifier with a Q and a Y qualifier. So the range on this was ten to 20000 and it was three carded figures, and and as you've always said, three of the top carded figures ever for Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, the the figures that they decided to go with here make total sense from any way you look at it. Like, uh, it was what two Hoth people and Cloud Car Pilot right. who was yellow. Right. Yes. So that so, Cloud Car Pilot took this one up and over the edge to number two. And where did it land? It landed, mind you, it was ten to twenty thousand estimate. This one hammered at forty-two thousand eight hundred thirty-four dollars. That number again, forty-two thousand eight hundred and thirty-four dollars. That was a hundred and fourteen percent higher than the high end of the estimate. So. There you have it. Those things do not pop up very often. Uh, I know that there's a lot of multi-pack collectors out there, and they're not afraid to drop a lot of coin. Um, There were at least two people going after this pretty hot and heavy. And, um, yeah, it was one of two items that wound up going for over 40000 The second of which... Our number one item, I think everyone knew this was going to be number one. I don't think anyone knew or figured it would get up this high. We have the J-slot AFA-50 broken short stem tab of our friend Boba Fett. It had a wide range in the value, 100 to 200,000. I thought, you know, we, we talked about it. We thought it would be in kind of that. 125 150 range right rocket firing boba fett prototypes usually tend to sell in that range if not slightly higher depending on whether it's a j slot or an l slot yeah so as a benchmark the last j slot that sold publicly sold at the hakes auction two auctions ago and it sold for i want to say 185,000 for an afa 85 with the buyer's premium here we have an AFA 50. It wound up at $204,435. It exceeded the high end of the estimate. <clears throat> and it without the buyer premium, 
was $173,000. So this piece exceeded what the 85 went for two auctions ago. So eight months ago, six months ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, this, yeah. Somebody had to have one. They needed it for their collection. This is, I mean, we, we finally, publicly, we finally crossed the $200,000 mark at an auction. And it was an AFA 50. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. So in summary, of the top 10 items, uh, one, two, we have three Boba Fetts. We have a fourth item that has Boba Fett in it. And then we have some, let's say, 12 back Jawa, 12 back Luke, early bridge certificate, and then the uh, some multi-packs. So craziness. It doesn't look like the Book of Boba Fett had any kind of negative effect on pricing for that character. Now, just outside the top 10, you know, we had mentioned um, that Android 3-pack finished just under uh, 16,000. Boba Fett was the 13th highest item. Now, this one was the 12-inch Boba Fett AFA-80. It had a five dollars to $10,000 range and it went for thirteen thousand six hundred and twenty nine dollars my god <laughs> wow yeah boba fett number uh let's see 11 12 13 14 15 boba fett was number 16 revenge of the jedi boba fett proof afa 85 twelve thousand nine hundred seventy nine dollars so boba fett clear winner here in this cakes auction his ship. We talked about the Slave One with the the uh, action play setting, which you know these don't pop up often. I've talked about how hard it's been for me to track one down, and here we have a seventy-five expected to go between two and five thousand, went for just under eighty-eight hundred. So, lots of Boba Fett success stories here in this auction. Yeah, and that might even be a new record for um, for a slave one in, in that condition. I know it was the the, uh, the special offer, but even still, I mean, that, that's an incredible price. It is. Okay, so those are the top sellers, and now I think it's always important to look at some of the the lesser sellers as well, the ones that that went for the the cheapest, uh, the the value picks in here. So, um, we're going to focus mainly on the uh, the the Kenner releases for the figures but um so we have the nikdo return of the jedi nikdo 77 back a graded at an 85 so if you were looking for a nice graded nikdo this was it and it sold for 288 $16. and the value code on it was 200 to 400 dollars hmm. then uh under that would be the Return of the Jedi ATST driver, 77 back B, graded at an 85. Again, Matt, you and I talked about this one. To me, it's the essence of the 80s. It has you know beautiful colors on it. It just reminds me of, of that era. 
And uh, this one was an 85, really beautiful one. And it, it sold for $262.18 with the buyer's premium. And that was in the range of $200 to $400 as well. Um, we had an Empire Strikes Back, a Kenner Canada Imperial Commander 41 back A, graded at a 75. That sold for $261. The range was $200 to $400 there. And then we had two Palatoy carded figures. One was graded, one was ungraded. It was a Return of the Jedi Klaatu, which is a 65 back A, graded at an 85. That sold for $260. And the same was uh, a Return of the Jedi Chewbacca 48 back carded figure. And that one wasn't graded, but it was signed by Peter Mayhew. And it was a Palatoy. And it sold for the same price, $260. Those fell short of their ranges. Their ranges were $400 to $700 each. And they both came in at 260. And then the Empire Strikes Back, Matt. This is one that is near and dear to our hearts. The Bespin mm-hmm. Security Guard, 31 A back, graded at a 70 plus with a Y mm-hmm. designation for a yellow bubble, mm-hmm. sold for $220.66 on an estimate of $200 to $400. Man, actually we talked it up so much. No, well, and I think I think that's what got it over the two hundred dollar mark. To be honest with you, uh, it sat pretty at at one sixty for a while. Um, what are your thoughts on that one? My thoughts on that one are, um, I don't know why they put that into the auction. Like, it just doesn't. <laughs> I, it just seemed like a leftover, right? It just, it just, there's so many good conditioned items in this auction. And then I think one of the worst performers of the last one was the other investment security guard we're talking about with the 47Y. Right. You know, and yeah, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know. It's just a pet peeve of mine. I'm sure I'm like overreacting to it, but it's just weird to see that item pop up in this auction. Well, and then, Matt, we have our number one cheapest item for the Star Wars line in, in here. And it is a friend of, of the podcast and a friend of us, uh, Mark Vanis, his favorite character. Uh, it is Pruneface as a 77 back A graded at an 85. So if you were looking for an AFA 85 graded carded figure to, to either start your Return of the Jedi run or to start your, your Star Wars carded run, uh, this one was a, a pretty solid price. It's a fairly common character, but the price has risen on bagged versions of this one and carded ones. Uh, but this prune face sold for $172.63. So those are your cheaper items at the end of this auction. So if you're looking for a value pickup, I think probably the nicest one to get from this uh, would likely be either the 77 back B ATST driver for 262 or the Nikdo graded at an 85. Or 288 but um mm. but, but i would say that's it and and then you know you really start to get into some of these these higher prices so those were your low we, we went over the uh the, the top 10 highest ones we went over about five or six of the lowest ones so matt where do you want to go from here yeah we can just maybe look at some of the ones that uh underperform the most um there are a lot of prototypes in this and um you know we can talk about it here in a minute and and we start talking about trends and things like that um but you know prototypes underperformed to production in general 
uh, in this auction. Um, I'm yeah, considering fact, anything anything that's part of the pre-production process. I'm, I'm labeling as a prototype here, just for uh, the sake of ease. So, um, you know, of the of the bottom ten performers to the the estimate, uh, about half of them are prototypes uh, in some way, shape, or form. And we had a, a constantly running joke throughout what we've been doing, um, where we've been comparing a lot of the the underperforming prototypes as the auction was going along to some of the carded figures and loose figures that were consistently outselling them. Yeah. Like for instance, uh, that Kez Ivan hand painted hard copy missing the left arm. Um, it had a range of two to 5,000, which I thought was, you know, a reasonable range. And it didn't even get that. It sat about 1300 for a while. And that's what it ended up hammering at. So after the buyer premium, it wound up at 1584. Um, like if that arm turns up, that's a, you know, a $10,000 figure. Cause it's a, it'd be a complete hand painted vintage hard copy, which don't turn up very often. No. And also um, I, that's, that's my biggest regret of this entire catalog, Matt is, is that I didn't pursue that one because I've always wanted to own a hard copy. Um, I really like the Kez Ivan figure. Um, it was painted beautifully. I, I didn't care that it was missing an arm, but um, but the fact that that one sold for fifteen hundred dollars, it just it didn't make sense at all. Yeah, that was um, that was uh, a shocker to me, and I just, I was so caught up in looking at everything else that I forgot to bid on it because I would have loved to have picked it up at that price. I did the same thing. And actually I've, I've spoken to a few other people who were interested in it, who said that they did the same thing. They got so caught up in some of the other pieces that by the time they went back to look at it, it had ended and they were shocked. Yeah. So, well, uh, bummer, bummer. <clears throat> um, just some of the other items that didn't perform too well. There's a couple of the revenge proofs that fell pretty short of the estimate, like the two one B for whatever reason, only hammered at 1600 which is reasonable to me. Um, that's where that piece has been for a while now. Some of the other more common, less desirable revenge proofs shot up in value. Um, and, you know, this is one that just kind of, for whatever reason, never really got up there. Um, it was 21% below the low estimate um, with the buyer premium. So... Weird to see that one not perform. And there was a revenge box flat of the Scout Walker that was graded CAS 80 that ended, ended at 1400 So it was about 30% below the low end, uh, even with the buyer premium. So um, Sand People, that last auction, we had the 12A that sold for 7800 in this auction, we have the 12B. It was in AFA 85 condition, and it only went for 1885. So it was below the the low end of the estimate. So, but it seemed like that was a pretty good value, uh, considering what AFA 85 12 backs are going for these days. Right, and that was probably the cheapest of the 12 backs as far as condition. Yeah, that was definitely one of the better buys that someone got in this auction. Um, and then, this is weird, that there's a Vader 12-back B 
with the Takara sticker, AFA 70. It had a 1,000 to 2,000 estimate. It only went for 650 plus the buyer premium, drove it up to 767. So, $7,000 for a 12 back Vader. And that was about 23% below its low end of mm-hmm. the estimate. So, weird to see that. Well, and Matt, to put things into perspective too, if I if I asked you if I had two items in front of you and I said you could either have the 12B AFA 85 t- Sand People carded figure, or you could have, or slightly less, a hand painted hard copy of Kez Ivan from Droids missing an arm. I mean that that's that's where we're at price wise right now with those two. Yeah, that's that's wild. Let's dive into some of the trends now from the auction catalog and and see where uh, see if this one has anything specific to it that we can glean. Yeah, so going into this, um, you know, we had talked about I think two areas that we had seen kind of primed for breakout, and that was the twenty backs and the thirty one backs. Um, and then, you know, as we kind of got into the, talking about the 31 backs, we talked about, you know, once those start going up, then it's going to be the 41 backs and, and things like that. So it's starting to kind of play out that way. When you look at just the 20 backs, um, that was one of the best performing segments of this entire auction. So, um, the items that were uh, 20 back were expected to uh, go for high into the range, about 43,000 and they went for 57,000. So they outperformed the high end of the estimate by 33%. Um, I, I know that we saw in that, the, the 20 back power droid was, <laughs> I think Massive. it went for almost $4,000 and it was like $3,900 we talked about that one's hard to find in 85 condition. Right. Um, you know, because of the size of the bubble, the size of the figure, often the bubbles are dinged and the cards are warped a little bit. Just, mm-hmm. you know, from having to, to pack them next to other figures that weren't quite as, as thick. And it also might have been one of the first peg warmers from the Star Wars line, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those performed very well. And, and from the first movie... Um, just in general, the first movie, well, let me back up here, I'm drilling into it, but the first movie, Star Wars, 12-backs, 20-backs, 21-backs, 12-inch, boxed vehicles, three-packs, just anything from that first movie, production-wise. Um, the performance of those items was about $466,000 versus a high end of the range at 448000 So a full 4% higher than the high end of what was expected. So clearly people are looking for um, items from that first movie. And then kind of within that first movie, 20 backs um, move the needle the most in terms of sheer dollars. Um, Another surprising uh, segment from that first movie is the 12 inch. And we talked about the Boba Fett being, you know, just outside the top 10. Um, But that just, was you know one of a couple items for the from the twelve inch line that that performed really well overall. 
we had sales of 23,000 on a high range of 16,400. So about 38, 39% higher than the high end of the range. Um, I think those were probably the, the two biggest winners in terms of, of percent increase versus range, but then 21 backs also performed very well. Um, we looked at a couple of the Cantina aliens on 21 backs that were just shockingly high. Um, overall, had sales of 45,000 on an estimate of 40,000 high end, so about 14% higher than the high end of the range. Um, prototypes from the first movie. Whereas production was up 4% higher than the range, the prototypes were down about 7% uh, to the high end. Still 89% higher than the low end of the range, uh, bullied obviously by that uh, J-slot FET. Um, but the first shots, the, the couple first shots that were in there performed 30% below the high end of the range. So 75% higher than the low end. So definitely within kind of that midpoint to towards the higher end of that range. Um, and just to point out here, so we have the blue snaggletooth sell for $4,100 uh, as a first shot graded at a 60 and the walrus man sold for $2,800 graded at an 80 plus at the same time. And we've been seeing this time after time for the auctions the loose blue snaggletooth figures seem to command such a high dollar that they actually get into that first shot prototype category. So, Matt, a, a loose blue snaggletooth figure in a bag, in a sealed bag, graded at an 80, sold for $2,368, which is basically $500 cheaper than what the Walrusman uh, first shot went for. Wild. Yeah, people are all about these production items in this auction here. Um, let's see, what else is worth calling out? Box flats barely performed within the low side, the, the low end of the, of the estimate for the first movie. Um, to just kind of, in general, from the first movie, people are all about the production. The pre-production, you know, outside of the Boba Fett was, was kind of lukewarm. Uh, so not that great. Um, it's interesting all, to see, though, because we, we've had there have been so many prototype pieces in previous auctions. And then there are so many prototype pieces that exchange hands either privately or, you know, in the groups and we're aware of it. But um, it does it does it seem like the prototypes are not as popular anymore or that that this audience is just favoring production pieces? Um. I would say the, the, the protos that we've seen pop up outside the rocket fets have been on the more common side. Um, there's a couple that we'll talk about later in Empire Strikes Back and Power of the Force that perform very well. Um, but those are on the, the harder to, to come by side, you know, some non-production colors. And um, I'd be curious to see like what a, a first 12 first shot would command at auction. Um, you know, oftentimes we see these cantina alien first shots pop up and they're, you know, fairly common. So um, I'd like to see a, a really desirable, hard to find first shot pop up. Just mm. to kind of gauge what that market's like. Right. Like a Leia or a Han. 
Yeah, or if I'd really like to see a loop pop up, see what sure. that would do. Um, okay, so Matt, if we dive a little deeper into the Star Wars series now and, and look at the 12 backs, 20 backs, 21 backs, were there any particular figures in this auction that stood out to you? Well, we talked about, you know, there was a number of them in our, in our top 10. I won't revisit those. Um, but it was interesting to see, we were talking about FET, there was a 21 back A, which is the harder to find back. It was graded at 70 plus with a Y designation. And it sold for $6,785. Were you shocked by that? Very shocked. Like that, that's kind of the, the price that like 80s were going for like not that long ago. And here is 70Y is going for that. So just, just another data point showing that Boba Fett is clearly really, really popular still. Um, the 20 backs, <laughs> like, let's get into the 20 backs because the Sears Cantina, or the, uh, I guess the Cantina aliens were absolutely just crazy expensive. If you wanted, like, I don't know if you remember, but guess what the Walrus Man 20 back AFA 85 went for? Twenty three hundred. You are fifty percent off. So forty forty six hundred. So take oh what gosh. you said and double it. <laughs> Was there anything special about this one? It's a twenty back C, right? It's a twenty C. Uh, it's unpunched. It's in really really good condition. Um, Rated eighty five. Eighty five. Yeah. Uh, not even 85 plus, just 85. It might have regraded at 85 plus if this was an older grade. It looked that good. Um, but yeah, it was the leader in the clubhouse at $4,600 for for the 20 backs. Now, Greedo, it was a 20 back G, AFA 85 condition. Do you care to guess what that went for? I'm staring at the price right now, and I'm I'm completely shocked. Uh, Forty-one fifty-three is the final price on it. Um, Matt, none of that makes any sense. Uh, no, it does not. Um, Hammerhead twenty back, graded at AFA eighty-five, was a steal at thirty-four hundred, <laughs> and the Snaggletooth eighty-five was at 2884. So if you wanted to put together a set of the four Cantina aliens on card and you bought them in this auction, you would have had to have shelled out $15,000. Have we ever seen prices like this? I, I truly no. can't remember seeing, no. you know, I, I know for the 12 backs, it's a different story. We've seen them, especially if they have something like a white footer or a skew or a double telescoping saber. We've seen crazy prices on them and we've seen them for the regular 12 backs. But this to me seems like it's the first time that we're seeing 12 back prices for the 20 back figures. Yeah. These prices right now are higher than what 12 backs have historically gone for. Like these are 
just out of this world crazy. And so for a, if you were to purchase 120 back hammerhead graded at an 85 for the same price, you could purchase two Kez Ivan figures, hard copies missing one arm each. Right. Yeah. Yep. Well, we have, um, now from also from the 20 backs, uh, there was a, a Greedo 20 back C that was graded AFA 80. So it went for, it's an 80. It went for $2,307. So you have the 85 at 4154 and an 80 at 2307. Totally, it's totally sane. A little further Thanks. down, I think, you know, one of the, the biggest shockers of this entire thing was, was seeing a loose Hong Kong Boba Fett graded at an 85 sell for $908. It blew past its estimate. The estimate was $400 to $700. And again, this is a loose Boba Fett. I assure you, if you're listening to this, you could just go dig in your closet or under the bed and you'll probably find a loose Boba Fett figure that's in pretty good shape, pretty good condition. Um, but these these standard figures, to which, Matt, as you said before on, on a previous episode, thousands of these were made and sold. There are literally thousands of them that exist in this condition, and it sold for almost $1,000. It's just through no words. What? There was an 80 that, that, that was uh, Taiwan, right? It was graded AFA 80 plus. Yes, that was the Taiwan... <laughs> That went for four hundred and seventy-one dollars. There are tens of thousands of these in that condition, and four. Here we are at four four seventy-one. Yeah, so the, these prices are really crazy, and that continued into the twenty-one backs as well, too. Um, you know, we had talked about the Boba Fetts. Um, even the Luke X-Wing pilot graded at an 80 sold for almost $1,500. Yeah. Um, there's a Greedo 21 back C AFA 80, $2,460 for an 80. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were very few value picks here or, or anything close to fair market value at this point. And, um, you know, of course the buyer's premium, uh, added, you know, a considerable amount of money to each one, but wow, just, you know, you and I had talked about it where we thought the 20 backs were going to be sort of that next level, you know, that people who were maybe priced out of the 12 backs or who had completed their 12 back runs were going to start to look elsewhere and would continue with some of the more unique figures uh, within that run. I don't think we saw very many for the 12, for the 20 backs um, of the already established characters, you know, like a Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader or anything like that. But just for these unique characters, the prices are outstanding, even into the 21 backs. Yeah. Yeah, I like the the average price of a twenty back that sold in this auction was three thousand four hundred and fifteen dollars. My gosh, <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. But I, I guess that's could that be the nor- new normal now? Is that what we're looking at? 
I guess, man. I guess. Well, then we also have, uh, you and I had talked about this. We had uh, two Takara Star Wars figures. So they were Japanese seven-inch versions of these characters. And uh, I think there were four that were released. And this Hakes auction had two of them. The grades were around a 70, 75. And the estimates were $1,000 And they both sold for around $6,000 each. $6,061 for the Chewbacca and $5,970 for the Darth Vader. And they had, yeah. gosh, I mean, they had, the Chewbacca had 24 bids and the Darth Vader had 26 bids. So, you know, there was, there was a lot behind it, a lot of momentum, but my gosh, those are crazy numbers. I think people are going to start to pay closer attention to those because they really do stand out as something different. You know, we didn't have anything of that size previously for Kenner, you know, we had the, the three and three quarter inch and then we have the 12 inch. So the Takara ones, you know, being around seven inches tall, uh, I think are going to start to attract more buyers because they just, they, they are unique. They stand out and they're part of that original film. Yeah. I, I was absolutely shocked at, uh, at those, like they didn't pop up right away cause they were off my radar, but then, and I was looking at the final prices, scrolled by these, and just, I mean, I've never seen, never seen anything like it. Like, these have always been kind of second-class citizens to the collectors around here that I know. Um, so to see these go for, like, 200% over what they were expected to go for is just, just shocking. And it's not like they were even in great condition, like 70 plus and 75 mm-hmm. in two conditions. No, I'm sure they're going to command more attention now among collectors. And I think that that might be another one, you know, another area where people will start to dig into it and, um, and, and try to add those to their collections. Um, when we start to look at the, the vehicles, you know, a lot of the boxed ships and, and, um, and items, I was a little disappointed to see that radio controlled Jawa Sandcrawler sell for what it what it went for. Um, the estimate was five to ten thousand. Uh, it ended at fourteen thousand two hundred seventy eight dollars, which is definitely notable, especially for an eighty plus. Uh, I, I do feel like if it was an eighty five, if that grade was just slightly higher, we'd be looking at like a seventeen or eighteen thousand dollar vehicle. Yeah, if that was an eighty uh, an eighty five, I think it probably would have gone for double that probably just, more probably like yeah, yeah. Uh, right behind that millennium Falcon. There's you think so? that really? hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. They're that hard to find. Oh yeah. I mean, they're incredibly rare, uh, maybe, maybe rarer than a millennium Falcon, yeah. but, um, my gosh, even still $14,278. That, that's a hefty amount. Um, I do hope to see an 85, uh, in one of the Hakes auctions at some point one day. Well, staying on that vehicle's story, it looks like the X-Wing, which was graded at AFA 75 plus on a range of two to 5,000, it went for $11,033. To me, that makes more sense because the X-Wing, the uh, the original Darth Vader TIE fighter, uh, the regular TIE fighter, I mean, those are all iconic ships that we saw in Star Wars it's very hard to find them in their original boxes and sealed. And so, you know, even though this was graded a 75 plus, 
very hard to find. It's Luke's iconic ship. We've now seen it in, you know, both the Mandalorian and the book of Boba. It was in the sequel trilogy. So it's really made a comeback as a ship. And, um, I mean, 11,000 for it, it was, it was shocking, but it's also in a way, not that shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would expect that for maybe like an 80, but I mean, it's, the high end of the range was 5,000 here. It's at 11,000. So, uh, now the item that I really liked from the, the boxed items was that Palatoid death star gridded at 80 plus Q. Um, it wound up going for $8,536. Oh my gosh. Do you think that's a a fair value for it? I think that's where we, we had pegged it right somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. Right in the middle of that range. And, um, I think it's the, this is just an underrated item in general. Like if the X-Wing is 11,000, it just seems like that Death Star should be higher. It's such a great item. I think if it didn't have the Q grade, it would have gone for much more. Maybe even double. Oh, if it was sealed, they would, yeah, triple. Probably more. They're almost impossible to find sealed. Like the tape on those is so cheap and um, it's really tough to find sealed. So um, I don't know. It's good to see that it went uh, as high as it did. I think there's, this is just a kind of an underappreciated item out there. Matt, when we were talking last night while the auction was still going on, uh, you had mentioned that there were two items left that were still, we're still being bid on and we're still going. One of them was the rocket fet. What was the second one? The second one was the, the one that propelled people to continue bidding on it. Even after everything else had ended, there were two guys bidding on this thing for about three hours after <laughs> most of the other items ended. No, no joke. Like three hours, literally three hours. Yeah. Um, it hammered at eight eighty five on a range of two to 400. So it, it was the escape from the death star board game. Graded at AFA 80. The Rocket Fet and this Death Star board game. Who knew? There's going to be a lot of people out there rushing to grade their sealed Escape from Death Star board games. <laughs> You're coming up for too long. Those could be easily gotten for double-digit pricing <laughs> um, as of a couple days ago. So the market has been rewritten on this item. Okay, so that's a, a look at the Star Wars items. And now we're, as we get into the Empire Strikes Back stuff, Matt, you have some really interesting and good data for us. So feel free to share. Yeah, we talked about 31 backs and 41 backs as being kind of that same 20 back kind of trajectory trend, if you will. Um we, we definitely saw a lot of good positive performance out of 31 backs, but 41 backs and ESB 21 backs performed incredibly well. Um, just looking at kind of where the estimates were to comparing those to where the final prices were. Um, 21, 31, 32, and 41 all over the high end of the estimate. Um, but the 21 back 
32 and 41 were the highest. Um, Empire Strikes Back in general, just all the production items from that second movie, um, performed the best out of any of the movies and the production items were the, the biggest winner in this whole auction, whereas the Empire uh, production items. So just to give you an idea, Empire, all production items together, outperformed the high end of the estimate by 19%. So they blew it out of the water. Um, we've seen some final prices realized on some of these figures that we've never sniffed those prices before. And we'll Not get even into close. This. Yeah, and we'll get into those here in a minute, but... Um, kind of big picture. Yeah. The, uh, the kind of the 21 back through 41 back all just crushed it. Matt, do you think the 41 backs outperformed the 31 backs because they were much more undervalued? Well, I think it's just, you know, similar to what we had talked about was, um, with the 20 backs, it's just like people were looking to kind of they finish the 12 backs and looking for the next thing. And uh, we talked about, you know, how good the Empire Strikes Back stuff looks. And right. Um, there's, you know, I'm sure that there was some speculation going on for what might show up in future Disney Plus series. And um, the Bounty Hunters all performed really, really well. Um, so I, I think there's just a number of different factors at play here, and it all added up to an extremely impressive performance. I So all of these, especially in The Empire Strikes Back, they were all 85s, sometimes straight 85s. I mean, just some of the most gorgeous Empire Strikes Back carded figures we've seen in a really long time in one setting. I'd be curious to see if in the next Hakes auction or in a future auction, if we saw a number of clear bubble 80 grades or 75 grades and how they would do, you know, whether, whether it was the fact that these were most of the time clear bubble, unpunched straight 85s that really hit these incredible numbers, or if this is now just a wave of interest in, in the larger world of empire strikes back. Yeah. I'm curious to see where it goes from here, but like, there were a couple of different 21 backs in here. Uh, this one still blows my mind. We talked about the 20G power droid. This is the 21 Empire Strikes Back AFA-80. Wait, can I guess? Rec- yeah, this one's got the rectangle extension sticker, so keep that in mind with your guess. Okay. It's had, it had a, a range of 700 to 1,000. Let's see, is it more or less than a Kez Ivan hard copy missing an arm, hand-painted, of course. Um, I'm going to say it's more, and I'm going to say it's slightly more, and it's going to round out somewhere between 1900 and 2200 Okay. So what if I were to tell you that the 20G power droid went for 4000 What Would that change? Oh, right. Okay. And this is a 21? 21 Empire, yeah. Graded at an 80, but with a rectangular sticker. Yep. 3000 Close. $5,192. Oh <laughs> 419% higher than the high end of the estimate. Oh, 
Okay, I'm, I'm purposefully not looking at some of these because I, I, I'd like to be surprised. Uh, Shocking. That... <laughs> Shocking. Okay, now, I'm pulling it up now. Wow. That's really nothing compared to the most unbelievable performance in this auction, in my opinion. Really? Do you care to venture a guess as to what the Dengar 41 back AFA 85 with yellow tray now? Keep in mind, it's got the yellow tray. It would regrade it to 85Y. That's something that I don't think we pointed out in the first episode that we, when we discussed this, but you're right. Um, there is yellowing to that, right? Yeah, just the, the bubble itself is crystal clear. It looks great. Like, it displays like it's clear because you really can't tell that there's any kind of a tinge on the on the tray. This had a – now, the range was off, like, but it had a range of 200 to $400. SDQ. Yes, what sir. What would you venture to guess this hammered for? So I know the price of this one because we we, we watched this one yesterday. Um, and then I woke up this morning and checked it to make sure that I wasn't having a fever dream. Um, I'll tell you this. Before this one sold, the highest I'd ever seen one sell was for $1,500. Mm-hmm. And that was a clear bubble, and I believe it was an 85. And that was probably within the last year or two. So, Matt, I don't have it in front of me. I know it, I know kind of somewhere where it wound up, but where did it wind up? It wound up 788% higher than the <laughs> high end of the range at $3,552. This has to be a record for Dengar. If anyone would like to purchase a clear bubble 85 Dengar, true clear bubble 85 Dengar, I think I'm going to sell mine because that that's an absurd price. That, that it just it. I know they're hard to get, but we've never, you know, you would expect that for something like we were talking about the Luke Bespin. I, I think you and I really thought it was going to be the Luke Bespin up at this crazy dollar value for this Empire Strikes Back group, especially the 31 backs, and then everything else sort of in that maybe 1000 to $1,900 range for the bigger tier ones. And then for some of these other ones, you know, 700 to a thousand somewhere around there. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. God. But here we, we now live in a world where a dagger on card goes for more than $3,500. <laughs> well, and even here, okay, I'm looking at, at the two right now. So the Luke Skywalker, uh, graded at 85, sold for $5,000. The Leia, and that was shocking. I didn't see this until now, but the Leia, a 31B, punched at an 85, sold for $3,600. We, we've never, again, the, the Leia is pretty similar to the Dengar, where I think the highest I've ever seen one sell for is somewhere around $1,500, maybe not even. I don't know if I've ever seen one sell over twelve. Just shocking. And then the Bosque. This is another one that blew by its estimate. Now, it's a 32 back. It's not the debut. 31s we talked about, they're like 
unicorn teeth. 85, uh, FA85 on this Bosque. High end of the range was 2,000. This wound up going for $4,154 for a Bosque on card that's not a 31 back. My gosh. I know you were interested in this one at, at one point, Matt. Um, you were not $4,153 interested in this, right? I put in a bid out there that I thought had a very realistic chance at getting this. And I was not even 50% of <laughs> the final price. God. So, yeah, I'm going to put my clown makeup on now. Well, and, and then even, you know, we had discussed tiers, right? And we said that the Snow Trooper at a 31A and an IG-88 at a 31A were in a similar tier under the Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe it was like Luke and then underneath that was maybe Leia and Han. And then under that was this, the Snow Trooper and the IG-88. They both sold at the Snow Trooper sold for it. Uh, and it was actually my, my Snow Trooper that I sold, uh, I think seven years ago to someone, uh, $2,400 for the Snow Trooper and then $2,600 for the IG-88. Hmm. The Yoda, the Yoda sold for almost three thousand dollars at an eighty-five. Han Bespin, same price, three thousand dollars for an eighty-five. Yeah, yeah, and we're we're talking about forty-one backs now too that yeah. have been overlooked. Um, the the Lando for the thirty-one back sold for fourteen hundred dollars. The Han sold for eighteen hundred. So it's not like there was, you know, when we were talking about this originally, Matt, we were saying that we thought that all of empire was going to go under was going to undergo a shift in value and was going to yeah. level up. Uh, so it's not like, Oh, okay, well, you know, the Bosque sold for this much and, and the Luke sold for this much and that's it. And everything else sold for, you know, your, your standard market prices. These are selling for 20 back prices, maybe 12 back prices. Oh yeah. And like good 12 backs too. Like, yeah. <laughs> like for the longest time you could get like an 85 Luke or Han like some of the tougher to find characters for less than some of these 31 and 32 backs what they're going for right yeah yeah so, up until somewhat recently it just uh, yeah this Empire stuff is just getting nutty dude Matt you've always said that one of your favorite figures ever favorite characters ever is Lobot. Um, your wife lovingly calls you Lobot and um, Lobot is the, it's, it's on the back of your, your license plate on the back of your car. Um, it's my middle name. It is your middle name. I guess that's where it stems from. Right. Um, and so a Lobot graded at an 85, which is thought of to be one of the, the least interesting characters, one of the, the least liked sculpts, and it's a 41A, so it is popular. It's something that is desirable, but it's sold for $1,200. Matt, do you know what the, the 21B sold for at the same grade? And again, these are 41 backs. Let's see. That's usually about a $600 character in 85 condition. So I'd say using the multiplier of this auction... <laughs> Which is at about twenty five hundred bucks. 
2596. That is a scary, scary multiplier. Yes, and the Adat driver, 1652. The Ugnot, 1442. And again, we're, we're saying these prices not to just focus on prices, but to give you an idea of where all of these values were. Um, <laughs> we're looking at getting close to the, the 45 backs, which I think you and I, had, you know, that's where you start to see the old bubbles and maybe not as interesting, maybe not as desirable. And some of them went for crazy prices. Yeah. I 41 backs are just, we had sales of $24,000 on estimates of 16,000. So these are just, these 41 backs are, you know, we mentioned it. They're some of the biggest winners in this entire auction. I, I, I knew 41 or 41s would come along eventually. I didn't think it'd be like this soon. No. And I, I think you and I expected that the 20 backs would, we'd start to see a rise in them. And then eventually mm -hmm. we'd see, you know, the, the rise of the 31 backs or maybe the 31 backs along with the 20 backs. And then people would be looking for other stuff. So maybe down the road, the 41 backs would come up and it just feels like all of this lifted together at similar prices. Yeah. It, uh, you know, we haven't got into the vehicle like the mint and sealed box from Empire yet. Another really good performing segment too. So Empire, you know, I mentioned earlier, it was the best performing subset of this entire auction, and largely driven by these thirty-one, thirty-two, forty-one, and mint and sealed box. Matt, you expressed your hatred for the cloud car pilot in a previous episode. And yesterday when the auction ended, you you informed me what it sold for. This was a cloud car pilot with uh, a grade of, of an 80. Um, did we did we talk? Was was the bubble yellow? Is that what we was it starting to yellow? Um, it's not, I'm not sure. I don't think it so. doesn't say so. Okay. Maybe it is clear, but so with a clear bubble graded at an 80, what was the number you told me yesterday? Do you know? Uh, $1,168. Sure. For a cloud car pilot. In 80 condition. Yeah. You know, on, on totally a debut card, sense. but <laughs> it makes total sense. Right. Um, an ADA driver graded at an 80 plus on a 45 back card. Maybe it's not one that you usually see. That's certainly not the debut card of the, of the, the figure, but it sold for a thousand dollars. You and I were talking about the comparison between a Luke with the yellow bubble graded at an 85 on a 45 back Luke Hoth or um, a clear bubble graded at an 80, right? The, the clear bubble graded at an 80 did, didn't exist for this auction, but we were saying that, we thought the prices would be similar, that a clear bubble 80 would be the equivalent of maybe a yellow bubble 85 um, if people were, were, were bidding. So, Matt, this one ended at $1,500, uh, $500 over the, the high end of the, the estimate. Is that where you thought it would wind up? No. Higher or lower? Uh, a little lower. Um, I didn't think 45s were kind of there yet. Um, I know they're really tough to find in clear, can like clear bubble, but I thought it would get there eventually, but not, not this fast. Okay. 
And then we're rounding out the 48 backs. Um, they, I mean, the three 48 backs that were offered, the 48 back A R2D2 with sensor scope. I know it's a popular one. Um, then you have the Zuckus 48 back C clear bubble 85. Again, a popular one, but a common one, more common one. And then the TIE Fighter Pilot 48 back C that's graded in 85. Those TIE Fighter Pilots have increased in value recently. But again, Matt, uh, with with three of these, I'm, I'm seeing three prices that I just never expected to see for these figures. No. I mean, the, the TIE Pilot 48C, 85, $2,242. Sensor scope, 80 yellow, $1,623. For a 48A. Mm-hmm. For a 48A. And a 48C, Zuckus, in 85, $1,103. <laughs> I had the same reaction that you just did. Yes. Nothing makes sense. No, no. I mean, the, the TIE Fighter has become pop, more popular, but... I think I just purchased one for $300, ungraded, but in really nice shape, maybe two years ago. I just want to bring up one more, because I I didn't notice this until just now, and I want to see what your thought is for this. So we had talked about the Star Wars X-Wing fighter that sold for $11,000. Somehow I missed the fact that an Empire Strikes Back X-Wing fighter with the battle mm-hmm. damage stickers yes. sold. Like it was graded at an well. 80. Mm-hmm. Uh, the estimate was 2000 to $5,000. Matt, what did this one sell for? <laughs> all right, all right. Please sit down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding on to my desk right now. Yeah, the Slave 1 and 75 with the action play setting offer sold for 8800 What hard did you get? This X-Wing in AFA-80 condition, battle damage, $10,384. Are we we missing something? I know they're hard to get, and I know it's the X-Wing. I understand that, but $10,000. I don't know. I mean, it's... The battle damage one shows up in Rise of Skywalker and uh, uh, in the Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett. Like, a, I don't know if that has something to do with it or not, but like this, that's just a just a crazy price. Mm. It, it's amazing. It really is. All right, so that's a look at the Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back stuff from this auction, uh, Matt. If, if if you had maybe a, a takeaway or two or three from this, just looking at those two segments, what what would be on your mind? Well, first and foremost, I'd want to know um, if these items are going to be showing up on that uh, rally road here before too long. And if that's what's driving a lot of these prices. Uh, we, we Last time we saw the Falcon and... Um, a vinyl cape Jawa pop up from uh, on Rally Road, <clears throat> and the Falcon was the exact same one that was in the auction that ended a week or two before it showed up. So, um, 
I'm curious if, uh, if that's a big driver of some, some of these prices. And so Rally Road is an, a new site that popped up um, where collectors can basically partake in fractional investing, fractional purchases, so that you would you would basically pay a certain amount of money and have ownership of a part of a particular piece like that that Falcon. Um, so we could see something happen similar with whether it's the 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 12B Luke or even the 21B Boba Fett, um, maybe even something like the Rocket Fett. Although I have a feeling the Rocket Fett is going to be uh, an individual purchase, but yeah. So fractional ownership has started to to increase in popularity. Um, how do you feel about it, Matt? Um, it's one of those things I would not invest in myself to each his own. Um, it's probably not great for the average collector. Um, but I don't know. I, I would advise uh, not doing it, but that's just me. It's clearly working in other hobbies and like people are liking it and they're branching out into different areas. So I, I would assume that it's doing what was intended. It's just, I'm not sure that that's great for the hobby. I agree. And I think there's something about owning a piece and having it in your collection. Um, Sure. I mean, if somebody, you know, if somebody wants a part of a double telescoping Darth Vader that they're never actually going to be able to afford and own, I think that's, you know, that that's something fun and and interesting and, um, you know, taking, kind of a small percentage of your funds and putting it into that is, is maybe interesting, but yeah, you're right. It, there, there's something, it almost takes away from real, from true collecting in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so I, I think our predictions about the 20 backs and then the 31 backs were correct. Um, I think we had underestimated the 41 backs and maybe not necessarily underestimated them, but underestimated the, the time in which they would, really rise and increase in value like this. Yeah. Hmm. And yeah, Empire was the clear big winner here outside of uh, Boba Fett. Um, it's cool to see a lot of great characters from that movie. I think, uh, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into Return of the Jedi here next. And there's some, <laughs> some clear winners there too. So here. <laughs> More record-setting prices here. I, I wish that we had a, a column here uh, with with what the previous record was, just to see how many records we set in this in this auction. It has to be in the dozens because um, we live in a world now where there's a General Medine selling for four figures. <laughs> yes, and and these these record breakers are by large percentages. I mean, they're not you know it's not within a, a handful of dollars. I mean, we're, we're looking at some some really big standouts that we've just never seen before, especially with empire and Jedi. Just amazing. Uh, and we have some good power of the force stuff too. So that'll be coming along. Um, Matt, if, uh, if anyone would like to read the book that you and our friends, Stephen Ward and Gary Borbidge wrote together, engineering and empire, uh, the story of the people behind the Kenner toys, um, where can they pick up a copy of it? They can pick up a copy at engineeringandempirebook.com 
or on facebook.com slash engineering and empire book. Or you can come to the ICCC on April 29th through May 1st in Nashville, and I'll have some copies there as well. Okay, and and you're getting toward the very end of that that group of of copies that you have left. So if anyone wants one, I would say act quickly. It is uh, a wonderful, wonderful book, wonderful resource to learn more about Kenner and about uh, the Star Wars toys we love. The photos are absolutely incredible. Um, I obsess over prototypes and and photos of prototypes, and it's just nice to see everything in there, stuff that I would never see otherwise. Um, So Matt, thank you for sharing uh, the, the data points that you've pulled so far, I can't wait to see what we have for the second half of this. And as always, my friend, thank you so much for uh, for having this conversation with me and, and for doing this. This is wonderful. Yeah, likewise. And if I got too nerdy with uh, too much data, please feel free to just lop it off. And um, if anyone's out there that's like just wants to get a copy of the spreadsheet with all the information on it, you can slice and dice it any way you want. You see fit. Uh, just reach out to me on Facebook or, you know, drop me an instant message. Uh, I can promise you it's worth it. It's an incredible, incredible spreadsheet that you put together. Um, you literally spent hours on it and the information that you've pulled so far has been just amazing. So thank you for doing that work and, and for sharing it that, you know, that's, that's truly kind of you to do. And, and please, if you're hearing this and you're interested, contact Matt, cause he will send it to you. And I guarantee you will learn quite a bit from this auction. I appreciate that. All right. Well, here's to the second half of our conversation. All right. Let's do it.